this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus returns and we talk all the happening in the NAW, including CM Punk getting squashed by John Moxley and what is all going on. All the drama, all the things happening, all in the way to All Out. This week on AEW 2, 2 who? Oh, 2 Dynamite Dudes. Dominic D'Angelo of many outlets, but I am here on behalf of WrestleZone.com, back with none other than my degenerate brother, Mr. Marcus Paul D'Angelo. <laughs> it says Robert Dude Police. Yeah, I just I just that. noticed that, Dominic. I just yeah, noticed that too. I didn't change the brand come on. here. We'll come on, man. Up. How are you doing, man? Uh, speaking of Robert, I mean, you got a hold of me. I, you were a little envious. Tell you I what, I was God. tell you what, I was hurt. I was hurt. You no, were hurt? no, dude, I love Robert. Uh, I think that uh, you guys did a did a nice job together. Um, big fan of his work. So yeah, let's get him on more often in place yeah. of me. No, nope. <laughs> he's an honorary D'Angelo brother, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I like him. I like his work. Well, Mark, I mean, geez, I looked when I sent you the link for this. The last time I sent you a link for this was like July 23rd. So it's been over a month. A month. Yeah. On here. It's been Jeez. a minute, Dominic. And Derek Tran says nobody cares. Says nobody gives off. a flying Get the fuck, fuck off my screen. He says nobody cares. You, you know, what that, a... <laughs> just, just the idea that you would take the time to type out a response so implies that you care. Yeah, uh, Stephen Chambers coming with a little heat. Who's the jabroni by Tom? Uh, Nesha, what's up, guys? Good to see everybody. Hassan, hi everybody. Derek, uh, John Howard's in here. In the house. Tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, John Howard. Uh, let's go, Dom. We got a lot to discuss. We got plenty to discuss. Wait a minute, you didn't you didn't say that I'm of adfreeshows.com. You are of adfreeshows.com. Come on, Dom. Uh, you got to put it's over my on your here. fucking name underneath it's, you. Well, my name wasn't there. Take a look. My name wasn't it, there. <laughs> John's wondering where we've been. Man, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind, huh, Dom? It has been a whirlwind. Uh, just playing a lot of catch-up. Uh, spin a lot of plates. But uh, I think we're going to get back on track now. The exception is next week, we will, uh, Marcus <laughs> and I will be in Chicago. <laughs> we're right back on track, except for next except week. Except for next week. We'll be in yeah. Chicago, but for All Out, for Top Guy Weekend, for... Um, all the festivities going on there in, in the, the Windy City, but more like Schaumburg. Marcus, you, when's the last time you've actually been in Chicago proper? Uh, last year, Dom. If you remember, I was uh, I met you in the city before we went out to Schaumburg. Oh, shit. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. We did, That's very true. Man. I tell you what, Schaumburg is a hell of a trip outside of Chicago. It is. It is. It's a little ways north. Uh, but, man, what a nice city. It's a... Uh, I, I really enjoy being in Chicago. Every time I go there, I, I keep finding myself there kind of year after year. But I love it, man. Beautiful city. We're really excited to get out there for Top Guy Weekend, yes. um, where we celebrate the uh, the Top Guy members at adfreeshows.com. Hey, yeah. Hey, we can talk about that a little bit later. But let's get to um, uh, something. Else. Oh, look at this. WrestleZone is in the house. Oh, WrestleZone. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Welcome, uh, WrestleZone. Dom John is wondering if we ever get out to Cincinnati. Uh, probably. It's probably someday. You know, you know what? Our, Cincy, the... I'd like to try out. I've I've been by Cincy or through Cincy. Um, you know, with I think the Bengals. Joe Burrow is like one of my favorite players right now. So. I think he means professionally, Dom. You fucking slapdick. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's probably a strong chance that with our jobs, we'll have to we'll have to go to Cincinnati. We'll be all over the damn map. One time or another, it's gonna happen. Marcus. So yes, you've been gone for over a month. Uh, lots on AEW has happened. Plenty. Plenty. Uh, I almost don't know where to start, but I guess where we should start is what happened this past week on Dynamite. A squash match, basically, between John Moxley and your AEW, former AEW world champion, CM Punk, with the shortest reign 
of an AEW world champion ever, ever. And he did not successfully defend the title at all. What do you make of all this, Marcus? Um, I thought it sucked. Um, that's, you know, to get, uh, just simply put, you know, you've got, they, they, they were kind of showing the numbers and saying, Hey, this is uh, check it out. We did some big numbers here this past week. It's like, and then you fucked everybody over, uh, with this match that should, a should have been the main event and B should have been like a 30 minute match at the least. Um, highly competitive. Like, look, if John Moxley's going to go over, John Moxley's going to go over. I think it's cool. I think it's something that nobody would have expected. But to do it the way that they did it, nope, sucked. You don't make it in comparison to when Goldberg unexpectedly defeated Brock Lesnar. Remember how that happened? No, I do not. No. Uh, it's, yeah, no, not the, not the same. Um, with this, it was, you know, it, it was something that they, everybody felt... Uh, Nobody needed you to do it on Dynamite in the first place, right? It, it's a pay-per-view match. Uh, so everybody is scratching their heads in the first place, and they're like, well, better tune in. You know, they're giving us a pay-per-view quality match for free. Then they fuck us over with this match. Uh, wind up, It winds up being a squash match. And, as you know, it's everybody always makes this comparison, and you know how much I love WCW. Loved it. Uh, but um, doing that was probably the most WCW thing that AEW has done so far in their run. Yeah. Steven Chambers says if Punk is going to wrestle it all out, if this is another squash match, fans are going to be very upset. I could not imagine that they would do that again. But Marcus, I am, you know, honestly, I'm kind of with you. Like, I think it was like, ooh, like, wow, he did get squashed. But what you expected, I think what a lot of viewers expected going into that week, the week before with Punk cutting that hot promo, <laughs> Mox getting in his face, all that stuff. And then you hot shot unexpectedly that match the following week. You're really wanting your those fans to be like, all right, this is must-see television. And, you know, in uh, some sort of sense it was, but you aren't – It's I don't think it really produced a lot of goodwill with uh, a fan base coming in to watch something. Um, no, I agree. You, you, you were expecting Punk and – Mox to lay it all out on the line and go nuts and everything like that. And that did not yeah. happen. And you know, like Excalibur's hype and like these men haven't been in a ring together for X amount of years. And it's, you know, it, it, everybody's really pumped up and then they kind of give us that dog shit finish. And man, it, it was just like kind of let all the air out of the room. So you draw in all these fans, hopefully new fans uh, were drawn into like, Hey, we got to watch this. You know, it's, uh, maybe I'm not a huge AEW fan, but I love Dean Ambrose. I love CM Punk, and they're going to wrestle each other. Cool. Awesome. And they tune in, and they're like, what the fuck? You know, so you bring in this new audience, and then you instantly kind of turn them against you, and it's uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And But do you think there's some certain outside factors that we're, you know, not in tune with necessarily? Maybe Punk's actually hurt. Uh, maybe um, there's just some backstage friction. Uh, certain outside elements that are coming into play that maybe had an effect on why this match took place and how it took place. I don't think he was legitimately hurt. We can start mm -hmm. there. And that was actually uh, Nesh's question there. Is Punk really hurt? I don't mm -hmm. think so. I think Thunder Rosa is, however, which we mm -hmm. can talk about. But We'll talk about that. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he was legitimately hurt. I, I don't want to speculate because I have zero inside knowledge. Uh, but, you know, if I was to speculate, I'd say maybe it was just like a backstage, you know, like, well, you know, we don't we, we don't want Mox to just lose. It buries Mox. So how do we get out of this? And they're like, oh, like he can be hurt and we'll just make a squash. Yeah, I mean, it just... And then the follow-up. I don't know if you caught it on Rampage, but they kind of hyped a little bit that we're going to see extra footage of Punk backstage, uh, you know, during, you know, like right after he got hurt and left and lost the match. And it was, it was nothing. Like, it just basically said he didn't feel anything, and that's what happened when he hurt, first hurt his ankle um, or his broke his foot and everything like that. And it was not a good follow-up. And it just, it kind of just seemed like, you're not delivering on this. You're not, you're not producing, like you can create a story out of it, but this is not, again, this is not creating goodwill. It doesn't feel, you know, no Dominic James Pittman, great video. Um, so appreciate that James. Yes. Hey, was, nice. uh, hey how about that? Right, I'm guessing, you. I'm guessing that he's talking about, uh, my shoulders. 
Yeah, gotta be, gotta be. Um, Nesha raises. Oh wait, let's start with Steven here. He's above her. Uh, what are the chances of Paige wrestling triple threat with Punk and Mox at All Out, or they may wait until Arthur Ashe Punk versus Paige? Um, I don't think it's gonna be a triple threat. If I was just guessing, it, it shouldn't be a triple threat either. If I was really gonna guess at what's gonna happen, what kind of what I'm hoping happens is you keep the belt on Mox um, against Punk, but only because MJF makes his return um, and does a little. A little something, and then maybe we can start looking at Mox and Hangman Page at Arthur Ashe down the road. Do you think any of this indication of Punk losing, Punk like kind of looking despondent after he left, was carried off? Uh, the promo he cut before where he really ran down Mox and said he's not even the second best, John, the first John, best John he's wrestled in Chicago or beat in Chicago. Uh, do you think all that is playing into a CM Punk heel turn? Yeah, probably, you know, but like, it's, it's so willy nilly, man. Uh, and that's, what's, that's, what's frustrating is like, you know, when did, uh, Brian Danielson become a baby face when he got hurt? All of a sudden we like him now. He's a good dude. Well, when he joined the Blackpool combat club, I would say like, okay. when Regal, I, I would say at revolution, he turned back baby face. It feels very directionless. All of it, you know, where it's like, what? Hey, he's a hated heel. Oh, can't get behind this guy. Let's boo him. And then it's like, nah, he's a baby facing. He's with this group that we like. Um, it's John Moxley with a kind of heelish promo almost after beating Punk. Um, uh, Punk, who just, uh, I don't know what the fuck is going on with him. It does seem possibly like he's legitimately frustrated. Probably more than likely, we're getting worked. Because um, he, you know, in all of his statements, he says how happy he is there. So I don't, I don't know what to think about it. Um, but I will say that I think that a lot of the storylines feel directionless. Um, these sudden shifts and uh, new ideas that, that just happen or manifest themselves so quickly. It's like, uh, this is not how traditional rec- wrestling is booked. And look, I'm not saying that we've got to go back to like, you know, what it was in like the 70s or, or 80s. I, but I will say that, you know, when wrestling was at its peak, uh, like Monday Night Wars, we had some very clear, defined heels and baby faces. Um, and right now, it's like this very, like, kind of in between. Uh, you don't know who's what. Chris Jericho's a heel most of the time, but he makes us laugh sometimes. Um, and then it's like, well, Chris Jericho's a heel, but now he's coming back as this beloved Lionheart character that people really can get behind. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? It does feel all over the place. And Mark, when I was, as you're talking, I'm thinking like we started this show, like because we were pretty pumped for AEW and like what it could mean. And like, it's just a hot new product. And it just seemed like, you know, a lot, a lot to look forward to. And granted, there's plenty of talent and there's plenty of uh, engaging stuff that does happen on there. But to your point, it's all over the place and it happens unexpectedly. And it, doesn't have a lot of time to cook where you have to literally watch everything to be in touch with everything that's going on on dynamite. Like there might be some sense of continuity, but you, the expectations of any fan that watches, you have to watch rampage. You have to watch any YouTube videos. You have to watch AW dark, dark elevation. You also have to even watch BTE. Like, this is all, and I, I understand it's a niche product and things need to, like, you know, your the times are changing and accessibility is everywhere and things like that. But you want to accrue more people watching your television show because this is, like, to their point and what they even booked this week, it is a television product. It's not a pay-per-view product. So you want, if you want to get an audience, you want to create goodwill and you want to develop a relationship with casual fans and get them back into the wrestling in the wrestling. Maybe that got them excited, you know, whether it's 10 years ago or 20 years ago and doing these quick, like abrupt stories that might have some connection to it that people like, but it doesn't, it's not all there for everybody. If you tune in Marcus, what was the name I was just thinking of that? I was like, Oh my God, I have not thought about this person or considered this person. It, It was, it's a name star that they have. And they haven't, it hasn't been there. They haven't had a story with this person. I, I wish I could remember who it was. Oh, okay. It's in a roundabout. It's Hook. Hook is on Rampage, but he's not on Dynamite. You don't see him on Dynamite. And it's like, that's a young star that you want to cultivate. That's your own homegrown talent. You're not doing it. Um, and like, this is, you know, I, I am not a person that is A, tied to a promotion. 
I am not tied to like I don't have I don't pledge allegiance to 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 WWE. I don't pledge allegiance to AEW. Now, granted, I do work for MLW, so I have a little bit of t- lean there. But I'm saying as a product, like I root for stories, I root for characters, and I root for engaging, you know, engaging television. <laughs> and you have to form that strong relationship week in and week out. If somebody's just watching Dynamite, you want to create something there. And, you know, right now, AEW is really struggling in that department. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, it's, it's the basic tenets of, of getting people to return to a television show um, in general. Let's, let's even knock out the wrestling part of it. Let's just say television show. Um, uh-huh. Are you coming back if the story is so-so? But, um, oh, hey, they brought in this actor that I know, um, but the story sucks. Are you, are you going back to tune in? No, uh-uh. no, yeah, like, look, Eric Bischoff beats his drum all the time, and he's right. Uh, the, there's a reason that people couldn't stop watching during the Monday Night Wars. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince was captivating. You're like, what is what is Austin going to do to Vince this week? You know, he's always like pouring cement in a, in a in a Corvette, and you know, spraying people with beer and all these awesome antics. And you're like, man, he is ruining Vince's life, and it's I I have to tune in next week. Conversely, on the other channel. It's like, oh, man, Sting is looming in the rafters. The NWO is wreaking havoc, but kind of Sting keeps on one-upping them here and there. And, uh, you know, when's it when's it finally going to come to a head? Oh, shit, the Ultimate Warrior's here. That wasn't great. But oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> not, I'll tell you what, though, it had legs. It had it legs. Did. I was excited. I mean, I was excited, though, like, back then. Uh, although, like, it didn't end up delivering. Like, yeah, as a, as a kid, you're like, oh, damn, that's a warrior, and he's in WCW. What the hell's happening? Goldberg, Raven versus DDP. You got Booker T and Chris Benoit in a best of seven. Like there was so much cool shit. Chris Chris Jericho coming into his own as this heel Lionheart character. So like the story was there, and the story was what brought us back week after week. Um, and the story is just such an afterthought here. You know, it's uh, Dom. It does feel like we got like I'm thinking about Brian Danielson's heel run, and like what was it like three weeks, a month maybe? It, what and was then the it's point like, of it? There bam, was the only point. Right, of- there was no point. Yeah. The only point of it was to get Hangman over, but you could have done that by not even having Danielson be a heel. And here's the other thing is patience. We need some patience here. Yes, I want to see Brian Danielson versus versus Hangman Page, but like tease us with it a little bit. Yeah. You know, like let's build her up for a month. Let's build her up for two months. Like let's let's build it to a pay-per-view and then you've got them across the ring in a tag team situation where they barely touch and when they do the the place is electric. And then you build it for another month until finally you've got the blow off singles match. Or it doesn't even have to be the blow off. You could go to a third month and then that can be the blow off with a stipulation match. You know, and I understand hindsight's like twenty twenty here, but like you look and you think about it like wouldn't it have made a lot of sense to already have CM Punk versus Brian Danielson at this point? Like, instead of having Punk, like, uh, like it was awesome seeing Punk go working against these younger guys that he's never worked with before. But I think when you have two established stars like Danielson and Punk, putting them up against one another, like, I understand to an extent you want to build to that. But, I mean, if you put that off right, put that on right away, you could always follow up with another one down the road where people would be even more intrigued to tune into it it's it's you i never like i don't like seeing like okay hey aw's struggling while another company like while WWE is flourishing i don't like seeing that i like to see both of them going back and forth i want to see like what WWE is doing what triple h is doing right now is extremely intriguing uh, and like i i and I'm going to be forthright. I go and out of my way to go and watch SmackDown, or I go out of my way to go and watch Raw. where Because they have engaged me into something that something is going to happen this week that continued with the week before, that are they that they're developing over time. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe it's not. Like, the Bailey storyline is kind of iffy for me and all that stuff. But, like, I'm intrigued by, hey, Johnny Gargano showed up. Like, boom, so unexpected surprise shows up. And like cuts a promo, but you also have these stories that develop throughout the course of Raw and throughout the course of SmackDown, especially where it's like things seem to be a little smoother right now. Where I think it goes back to the point that we always say, Marcus, is like, and what you said earlier, like you were we were watching for Austin and McMahon. What's Austin going to do next week? Well, when Punk lost this past week, there was nothing more to it. 
after the fact. They did not follow up with it except that Moxie promo. The rest of the night, you didn't hear anything about CM Punk. Nobody was talking about CM Punk. Like, nobody, like, you would think that, hey, you would have somebody backstage being like, well, what the fuck happened to Punk? Like, I can't believe this has happened. Like, is he going to be okay? Is he hurt? Like, I want to see, I want to see reaction i want to see a follow-up with that where you look at raw back in the 90s and the whole show was centered around steve austin and what he was doing when he was going to arrive to arena what he was planning for mcmahon or what mcmahon had planned for him and there's a fine line you know yeah. Uh, WCW is always kind of accused of hyping Hogan you know, like throughout the episode of night. Like, so like Chris Jericho would be having a barn burner of a match with Hoobin Guerrero. Mm-hmm. They'd be like talking, talking about nothing but Hogan. So like, I think that there's a fine line to walk here, but like really uh, you make a great point. You know, it's like, look, you've got money storylines and these money storylines seem to be kind of a through line throughout the entire episode where it's being brought up. The, the announcers are putting it over people backstage are occasionally putting it over. Um, you're tracking people arriving at the building like, oh, shit, CM Punk just arrived. Um, it may be a confrontation with somebody. You know, there's there's so many little ways and little tricks to make things interesting. And, you know, it was hang on. Somebody brought it up. I think it might have been Stephen um, said, yes, ROH needs a TV deal. So wrestlers not getting any TV time go. And that's a drum that you and I beat a lot where we were saying, hey, you know, there's too many wrestlers. Not everybody's getting enough TV time. There's only so many slots, et cetera, et cetera. Ad nauseum, you and I kind of beat it up. To an however, extent, I, I can keep going on about that, too. However, um, you know, now I'm at the point where it's like, uh, let's extend the show four hours. Let's extend it five Mark, hours. No, 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 no. I'm not saying to do that. I'm telling, I'm saying that you could oh. do that. And if the story still sucks, then what's the point? So, like, at this point, it's not even so much about having too many people on the roster, which they do. I'm saying I'm saying their biggest issue right now is that their stories are shit. Um, They're it's, barely non-existent. Right. And look, it, it, like, it sounds like I'm trashing Tony Khan. I know he's the main booker, and I'm not. I actually love a lot of what Tony Khan has done. Yeah. I think that he just needs to really focus in on on some of the the basic tenets and structures of of storytelling and making us care about these characters making us get behind them you know uh we had we had will osprey in the main event um and we can talk about it now or whatever but let's talk um, about it now and it's cool i think i think you know i'm familiar with will osprey and i'm like oh shit these guys all these you know these guys are all incredible athletes this should be really entertaining and, and fascinating but when you kind of step out of that like we're very much inside the wrestling bubble when you step out of it as as a casual fan who's tuning in, you're like, wait, who is this guy? Why is this Nobody guy in the main event? Right. Unfortunately, it's like you a casual fan is not gonna know who Will Ospreay is. It's just and you if you put him in the main event, sure he's athletic, sure he can do a lot of moves, sure he's good looking, all that stuff, but you, there's no ties, there's no connection to it, you know, where you want to you want these fans to be familiarized with them. And like again, it boils down to honing in on who you want to showcase. Like you want to make a program, the main event with Will Ospreay and have him ultimately win the match against death triangle. will make him a heavy focus of the show along with CM Punk, along with John Moxley, along with Ricky Stark, like get like four or five people that you're going to really focus on. And then, Hey, Thunder Rosa too. If she's relinquishing the title, like you got to make something big about that. And we'll talk about that in a second, but Mark, yeah, I agree with you. Like people, I like Will Ospreay. I like his work. I like his mic work. Um, and I think he's a great, can be a great heel or a great baby face. <laughs> but if I'm a fan tuning in, I don't know who this guy is. I know he can do a whole lot, lot of athletic moves, but is that going to get me to tune in to the week after and see what he's up to? Because I don't know anything about this guy. And if I'm a regular fan. Here's what you do, and I we've probably brought it up before, and Stephen just had something he said there that I think that we need to touch on after I make this statement. Sure. But like, if I was, if if Tony Khan called me and said, "Hey, Marcus, can you format a show for me?" I would. The first thing I would do is go to Peacock, and I'd watch uh, two episodes. I'd, I'd watch one episode of Monday Nitro, and I'd watch an episode of uh, Monday Night Raw from like ni- mid '98, maybe spring '98, somewhere in there. Um, when they were really rocking and rolling. So I'd watch I'd watch these episodes and I would look at how it was structured. Because, like, you know, we can say from here to hell, okay, there's too many talent on the roster, et cetera, et cetera. However, there was a lot of talent on the WCW roster, a lot, and they made it work. Um, so same thing with WWE, tons of talent, main eventers all over the roster. They made it work. So th- how? What did they do? So go back and look at it. 
go back and look at how they structured an event. Okay, was Mick Foley on every single week, or was he on every other week? Was was Ke- were Kevin Nash and Scott Hall wrestling every week? Did they just yeah, have a promo one week? So it's that that's what you need to look at. Um, and I think that if Tony Khan were to do that, I think that all of a sudden this program and all these stars it starts to become a lot more palatable for people. And listen. It's a great point, too, because if you really focus on a select amount of stars and really make them the big deal, like that elevates everybody then that you present on the show because your product is hot. So like Austin was the hot act in you built the show around him. But who would come out later on is like a Val Venus, a Godfather um you have you have you have entertainment guys uh and then you've got kind of your main story so you've got austin in like an a storyline you've got maybe the rock in like a b storyline with somebody like triple h then you've got mick foley in like a c storyline um and then it's everything else is just kind of like filler and get people excited and and that point though like those stars got elevated because of that like a val venus was elevated because he was on the show with austin or yeah. like and they didn't You're have step into the ring with with the rock and the rock makes him look competitive you know right. there's there's a lot of ways to to make it work there's there um, is dom i think we should address what steven said here earlier yes. the, said is that a- the long paragraph here Yes, AW not having a good week. Thunder Rosa injured. Eddie Kingston suspended. Having to email WWE to warn them not talking to AEW wrestlers about coming to WWE. And Warner Brothers warning AEW to tone down language. Dom, is AEW kind of coming apart at the seams a little bit? I think we're just seeing a lot of um, the growing pains. Like, Robert made a great point last week that he said, um, like, this is only a company that's been involved three, like, two and a half years. And they've been right out of the gate. They were the number two company. So like, and you think about it, like when WCW kicked off, you know, it started like Bischoff started taking over like in what, like 90, what was it, Marcus? 95? 90, 93. 93. So he took over in 93 and like he got the ball turning and, and things started changing and, you know, the, the ship started getting right from the Jim Hurt era and all that stuff. So um, like, I think to a point, there's a lot of growing pains going on and a lot of things going, but I mean, that does not mean that things should not be addressed and taken care of. Like if Tony Khan's like, and like, to your point, I like, I like what Tony Khan's doing and I like the mindset that he has and the the respect and admiration he has for legends and the business and so that stuff. But I think that needs to kind of translate over into the television product where if you have these minds like Arn Anderson and Jim Ross, um, William Regal, uh, D. Malenko, Jerry Lynn, uh, I could go on. You know, Billy Gunn, uh, you utilize them and you make the most of them where you delegate certain aspects of it. And I think uh, there comes a point where it's like, all right, you know, we do want a new influx of talent and insight from like modern stars and everything like that. But, hey, these guys here that I've hired, like a big show, a Paul White, who you don't see at all, or a Mark Henry, you know, I got to utilize these minds because they've been there and they know what they're doing and things like that. And to, to streamline the whole thing and make it, make it something because you have a lot of talent, you have a lot of talent and you don't have a lot of TV time for that talent. Well, if you are able to retain them, retain them like what, who you want, but like you have to streamline it and that this stuff like this needs to, to get addressed. I don't. So like injury bugs will hit, Things will happen. People will get suspended. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that happens in all these, like... God uh, knows that was happening plenty in WCW and WWE back in the day. Right. And there's... The, to to the point where there wasn't even a social media. There wasn't... It, like, the only thing that you could check are message boards on, hey... Or Meltzer. Back then, or Meltzer. <laughs> and that's all you could really hear about. So it's... Uh, it's a different time. So you're going to hear a lot more stuff in this day and age. That's just a matter of the fact that it's the way it is. So um, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing, but I do see that, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed and sooner than later, especially when you're in the heat of like a, a, a company merger, Warner and discovery, you know, getting together and all that stuff. You want to, you want to put your best foot forward and you don't want, uh, I think as far as that language thing, wasn't exactly that yet i think there's it's not to that point where it's like they got to tone down the language i think i think what i heard because 
Sean Rossap clarified that a little bit where that might not necessarily be as much the case, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Marcus, I mean, I, I love AEW. And yes, we made I, the, again, we made the show because we were really excited about AEW and wanted yep. to see floor. Yeah. Love, love the product in general, but um, I think we're starting to see some phrase here and uh, before they get out of control, you know, you've got to, you've got to get a handle on this thing. And step one is emphasis on story and yeah. stop thinking about like, Oh man, what a, what a great main event match this will make. Let's, let's, let's tell a really great story in the main event. Let's let that match was great. Like oh, that it was awesome. Trios match. It was awesome. awesome. It would have been even more awesome uh, about midway through the show, top of the yeah. top how of the, much, or end of the first people, hour. How many people were thinking about what was going on in that match in comparison to what happened earlier on in the show? You need to close. Like, it, it, here's the other thing too: is like on paper, there's no reason why uh, your championship shouldn't be defended in the main event. It doesn't make any sense. The only thing that made it like that you could kind of like, hey, is the hour time limit. But if you're gonna do that. You had to, that should have been the last thing. Like, I mean, like, that should have been the only thing you had planned left. On the I mean, what did, what did they used to do back in the day, though? They'd say, like, there's an hour time limit. Uh, we'll stay on if we have as to. As long as it needed. And then right. it, it and didn't then, need it. Then, yeah. you know, miraculously, it would end right when the show's supposed to end. Hey, look at that. It worked out. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I'm frustrated because I love AEW and because I see the talent that Tony Khan has. I really do. I see mm-hmm. where he's got this great mind for wrestling. And I think that he just needs to focus in. I agree. I agree. Um, Marcus, I think a point, too, um, that we haven't really beaten that this drum too much, but is the fact that the ratings have plateaued. Like, you're not getting week in and week out. You know, what they received for this rating was more than what they usually did. Like, I think it was up 21% from the week before or something like that, if I remember correctly. But it's like, Okay, are you going to get that number next week? Um, and I like what you've been making these past few weeks has been floating around the 900,000, 950,000 range. And sure, it's been, you know, uh, number and steadily, it's been number one in the 18 to 49 demographic and the cable originals throughout every week for the most for the most part. But you're not getting more of an audience. You know, it's um, you want to get more of an audience. And the, if you look back at those numbers, those numbers are still down from the year before. Like, you know, and that's that's not good. That's not yeah. good. So um, no, it's, it's problematic. Uh, and I think that Tony Khan is bright enough to, to turn the ship around. I really do. Um, so let's fingers crossed. You know, uh, we'll we'll start to see that happen here. I agree. I agree. You know, I want to see it happen and I want to see, you know, I don't want to see these guys like an Arn Anderson or, you know, uh, a big show or, or Mark Henry just get underutilized. Where Jake Roberts. The Jake Roberts. Where, yes. Where they don't, where they're there, but then like, are they going to get retained? Or are they going to be like their contract going to get renewed? Like you want to see these guys in there because they know what the hell they're doing, you know? So, you know, it's I with my job, you know, I have to listen to podcasts a lot and I also have to drop in on uh, on DDP Snake Pit with with uh, with uh, DDP and Jake the Snake. And like just listening to Jake talk and some of like the little nuggets of wisdom that he has. It's like, man, this guy is brilliant. This guy is absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's I would love to see, as Nesha just said, use the vet cell, build the product. Uh, yes, I would love to see Jake have more of an active role in helping to uh, maybe format storylines, work with wrestlers on psychology, um, yeah. because hey, gosh, nobody's got a better grip on it than him. Like, what if you kind of set up like a almost like a like a pseudo NXT in a way, where, and I don't mean from like a promotion standpoint or anything like that, but like you had you have created like a framework. You had, I mean, William Regal was there right in the thick of everything. So, like, what if you kind of laid out a thing like you know where you had a guy that played the dusty role where he worked with the promo with people with promos and gave them promo classes and, and things like that. Or How about weekly the, seminars, you yeah, know, mandatory, yeah. uh, you know, they're not, they're not making towns uh, like they used to back in the day where they've got to go to, you know, three house shows during the week or more in some cases, you know, like tell them, Hey, look, you know, from here on, yes, we've got TV on, on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, but need you guys, uh, on on a monday to either do it in person or via zoom where uh we're doing seminars 
doing seminars, flying early. Like we'll get you set up or like you create a, you create a, uh, an area or a, an establishment in Jacksonville or something. Or help during the day on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, where you bring them into the arena and have a chat, you know, and it's not, I'm not saying that none of these guys nowadays have a grip on psych. I'm, I'm sure a lot of them do. I'm sure a lot of them would be frustrated having to sit through that kind of thing, but I think it's good team building. And I think it's good to kind of get a reminder from some guys who really have like, it really captured the audience's imagination when in their prime, like, how did you do it? What were your tricks? Like, what are some little things that I can do? Um, let me tell you, Jake Roberts has got a lot of them, like tiny little nuanced details that you're like, man, that is really smart. And yes, it would make the audience pay more attention. And he knows all that stuff. And it seems like, you know, there's, I don't like, and I have no inside information. I have no insight or, you know, and like, you know, I don't want to like completely speculate on things here, but like, I, I will say like, it seems like there's almost like this thing and i'm sure this is across the board in all of wrestling that some wrestlers younger wrestlers go for advice and others don't and it, like william regal said that too on his podcast where like there'd be times in nxt where you know there was there would be times where these wrestlers were just looking at their phones and they weren't they were they could be picking the brain of a william regal or a fit finley or somebody like that and they wouldn't they did not make the most of that and you know, I'm sure that's an across the board situation, you know, whether you're in WWE or whether you're in AEW. And I have to say, you know, at risk of coming off like you're you're uh, a mark, as they say, uh, like, you know, if I wrestled a match and Arn Anderson was in the building or Jake Roberts was in the building, I would walk up to them immediately afterwards and be like, what did you think? Uh, yeah. Or like, did, could you watch the match? I'd be saying that ahead of time. Would you mind watching my match? I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, it's and look, it's Scott Hall even brought this up years and years ago where he was saying, like, you know, when he was a young guy uh, in the business, like, you know, some old guys, uh, you know, like a Wahoo McDaniel or somebody would come up and give him advice and be like, yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that probably worked in your, uh, you know, that sort of mentality. But then Hall, as he got older, he's like, fuck, they were right. <laughs> right. Um, as, as he got older and started paying more attention, getting into psychology himself, he's like, shit. Like, yeah, they, 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 he, he was 100% right. Um, and the same stuff's to like, look, it's yes, the business has changed. Yes, the audience's expectations have changed, but, but basic human psychology has remained the same. Um, basic human emotions have remained the same. Uh, good guys and bad guys. Uh, there's, there's, uh, emotion in, in the way that you do stuff. There's certain ways to manipulate, um, the, a live crowd. Uh, you know, whenever you're in the ring, some of your reactions, some of your facials, knowing when to bail out of the ring, et cetera, et cetera, where it's like, man, these guys, these guys have got like a skeleton key. These guys like Arn Anderson and, and Jake Roberts and like, just just take the skeleton key and open up these locks because yeah. man, like once you once you get these fucking doors open, you could go from being a, a mid carter to a main eventer in a snap. And it's for the betterment of wrestling overall. Like you have these guys, these guys and gals are not going to be around forever. Like like Arn Anderson is not always going to be in AEW. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is not always going to be an active wrestler. Matt right. Hardy is not going to be there forever. Like you have to make the most of these guys. And like, in, as a fan, you enjoy them on television. Like, I think you really should like a, somebody like a Chris Jericho, like it's like, he'll he's, he gets polarized on online and everything like that, but you're not going to have him on your television all the time. It's not going to happen. Take advantage. Take advantage. And as a, as a talent that wants to get better and get the wrestling product better, like, you know, you want it's, – it's for the betterment of the whole industry if you do this kind of thing. It's not just – it's not just bettering yourself. You're bettering the whole business, like, doing that stuff and asking somebody for advice or to watch your match or to, or to heed what they're doing. And, you know, it's a team effort and, you know uh, – like to your point, I think Tony Khan has the knowledge and the capability and the passion to get it done. He's just got to get those those ducks in order where, like you know, you hone in and you focus, you know, and you and you just do, you do it, you get a team going. Like again, like almost like a pseudo performance center, but it's not really a performance center. But you have stuff set up where it's like, okay, this seminar is going on. We want you to attend this. Uh, it's it's and you can make them a pretty mandatory too. Hey. We want you to show up to this. If somebody's having problems, like we need you to show up to this Honestly, class. 
honestly, it's probably as, simp- as simple, you know, for Tony Khan is prioritizing, you know, like say like, okay, here's what I want to feature. Here's, here's what I want to feature in a secondary position. Here's what I want to feature in a, in a kind of third or C position, you know, and, and kind of focus in, hone in on that sort of thing so that you can say, okay, well, it, you know, my main event or my, my A storyline, that's my main focus, my through line throughout the show. B's getting brought up here and there. C's in the mix. Um, I don't know. There's there's ways to do it. Certainly, there's there's 100% a formula. 100%. There is a formula. It's just a matter of finding that formula and utilizing it. And look, you know, this formula could probably be used now until the end of time in pro wrestling once you get it figured out because like all the basic tenants are there. Exactly. And Mark Bischoff said this on I want to say it was after a four three weeks with uh, Christy Olson where he was like, that's what he wanted to do when he got into the creative director position of WWE. He wanted to create a formula where you can like plug a television formula for wrestling that you could plug talents in and like it would ultimately work most times. Like he's instead of not most times, but instead of like one out of 10 times, it will work three out of 10 times, you right. know, or something like that. Hassan, what's up? Um, yeah, it's look, and here's the other thing: is on a subconscious level, uh, people like routine. Yes. Um, everybody does. Most humans like having a routine, something that they can expect, uh, different kind of vibes and feelings and flavors at, at particular times. Um, and I, to Eric Bischoff's point, uh, a form, that's why a formula would work. They, they don't like look. You would have to analyze it to figure out the formula or figure out that there is a formula. But if you're just kind of casually watching it and there's a formula week after week, you're gonna start to get really comfortable with that product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, I mean, to if you look at like Marvel Studios, they have a formula for all their movies. Like, yep. and people and it it can get criticized and things like that because like okay, it's doing this 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 happens next and this goes plugs in there and stuff like that, that gets criticized, but it works. It draws money. It's because uh, they made the most of their profit and it, and it won't stop. It won't stop drawing money. You know, like I always, I always point to the first two ghostbusters movies um, where they're basically the same movie. They're, they're essentially exactly the same movie, um, Vigo. But, but people love them. Yeah. I would guarantee that if you had them both playing at the same time, the soundtrack would kind of line up. Where it's like, yeah, uh, oh, upbeat, we're happy. Oh, we're taking it down. Oh, it's getting scary. Like I would, I would be willing to bet that the soundtrack would be very, very close because they're essentially the same exact movie, but people love it, and it's Hell, because you want of modernize that. it, Marcus. Stranger Things every yeah. season. There you go. Every season, very much, very much the same. So yeah, uh, to Eric's and your point, uh, yes, a formula I think is is truly key when it comes to um, having a good product. Mark, it's, yeah, I mean, we just want to see it do better. And, um, you know, when there's, you know, cracks in the foundation and like, you know, things seem to, leaks are spurting out here and there, you want to patch them up pretty quickly. And um, I'm, I'm not ready to, to find a lifeboat yet. Uh, by no, any means. not at all. But, but, but uh, you know, you, you start to see some cracks in the foundation. It's like, hey, let's fix this because we know what this product can be. At its mm-hmm. best, uh, we saw we saw Kenny Omega versus uh, Brian Danielson in Arthur Ashe Stadium, where everybody was just fucking stunned afterwards. And you know what? Those crowds too, like, are electric. Like, you know, when they're in Minneapolis, and even this past week in Cleveland, like, those crowds are hot, and that's a wrestling crowd. Like, imagine getting more of a wrestling crowd, <laughs> like building more of that audience, and and you know, getting that excitement going, and like, they're it's there. there, it's there. They're it's there. the betterment of all wrestling. Yep, they are there. Uh, it's just a matter of finding them and keeping them interested. Mark, what is and we I didn't get your thoughts on this, but like, in indirectly, it's all obviously related to AEW. But what are your thoughts about like what Triple H has kind of been doing? Uh, to be one hundred percent honest, I haven't seen a lot of it. I've I know, yeah, just, I know you haven't, but I've mostly just heard about what he's doing. But but look, it's. Triple H is a wrestling guy. Uh, you you kind of take a look back at his history. He was trained by Killer Kowalski. Um, so he's got that very old school kind of a base. But then all of a sudden he was in the he was in the car with the click. Uh, some of the best minds in the history of pro wrestling and Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash, Scott Hall for crying out loud. Sean Walton. They all learned from like Dusty Rhodes and Barry Windham. All of these really, really smart guys. So Triple H was kind of soaking up all of that information. And then, you know, so then he started to do his own thing and it was really something special. 
Um, so Triple H has been there through the Monday Night Wars. He was there through the New Generation. Uh, he again, he got trained by Killer Kowalski. He was there for the uh, the Ruthless Aggression era, um, and so he's he has seen everything in pro wrestling, and he's had the luxury of seeing it from an impartial eye, where he's one of the boys. Where it's you know where when it comes to Vince, at least before they went public, it was if you make more money, Vince makes less money. Uh, so, so Vince had his own very specific perspective on pro wrestling where triple H kind of got to look at it from an impartial perspective that combined with all of the knowledge that he's getting from all these different sources all over the course of his career. Uh, there's nobody better set up for it. Like I, when he brought back killer cross, I was like, it makes perfect sense that he would bring back killer cross. You would bring him back. Why get rid of him in the first place from, you know, if you're, if you're looking at this from purely, a, uh, I want I want a superstar guy on my roster perspective. Why would you ever get rid of Killer Cross? He he looks like a million bucks. He's tall. He's Jack. He's handsome. He's got this beautiful girl that comes along with him. And by the way, he's got one of the coolest entrances in wrestling. He was over with the fans. And it's like this guy had everything. They buried him and shoved him out the door. And now all of a sudden Triple H is in charge. And you start to see all these guys start to come back into the fold. And it's like, yep, makes perfect sense. So, no, dude, it's... Uh, I, from an outsider's perspective, somebody who doesn't watch the product religiously, everything that I'm hearing about it and seeing him doing, I'm like, A, it makes perfect sense, and B, it's a really exciting time to be a, a fan of WWE. And, you know, like, Triple H is somebody, too, that's learned on the fly. Like, uh, you know, he's, he's and he, like, he pulled from Vince, too. Like, Vince's art of promo- way of promotion and things like that, when, like, putting it on a big spectacle kind of stage, too. Like, he's learned that. But he's also learned that you could make money off of uh, a smaller talents like a Johnny Gargano, a T- Tommaso Ciampa, an Adam Cole, um, like where he, you don't pigeonhole yourself to like, okay, there's a bodybuilder type or anything like that. You know, he's making the most of Kevin Owens right now. Who's going back to like when he first went, was in NXT and just dominating people. Like he, he put that persona back to KO and like, you know, so he's learned. Like everybody can kind of learn. Like that doesn't necessarily mean like. And Triple H had so like to your point had all that knowledge and you know insight and education beforehand. And even now, like in the modern times, he he's learned on the go too. So he is you know, he is a wrestling guy to the bone. Um, so it, the product is going to improve. Period. Yeah. Um, Mark. Also, also look at the kind of people he's surrounding himself with. You know. It's uh, it's it, it bodes well. I'm I'm excited to see where he's going. Um, so yeah, go ahead, hammer. Up. Yeah, um, I do want to make mention. Um, so yeah, friend of the show, Thunder Rosa, out with injury, had to relinquish the title, and now it's in a fatal four way match at All Out to determine who the new champ is. Really, just a bummer, man. Like it's it stinks. Like she's, I think she's one of the best talents out there to do it, and uh. But uh, I don't know if you got to hear any of the busted open interview that she did on Friday where she just like she laid it all on the line like that. She was like basically like I'm going to be back and I'm going to be better than ever. And it's going to be make a like like you could tell how bumped she was. But then she fired back with like like it's almost like that fighting spirit baby face where it's like, OK, they're down, but they're not totally out. You know what I mean? Where it's like uh because she was she was explaining how difficult it's been how she's in constant pain everything like that sometimes unable to move and stuff and but then she was like but i'll be back and i'll be ready to go and bubble like just laid it all on the line uh she's a badass dude she's a great wrestler um yeah steven thank you (laughs) steven said god bless you to me appreciate it yeah i did sneeze um so appreciate that bud uh (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge bummer. I'm not going to beat it up too much because everybody here knows what I think of Thunder Rosa. Um, I've said it before. I'm sure I'll say it a million more times. I think she has the potential to be a Stone Cold-esque baby face, that kind of a draw. I really think that she's got that. Um, so I'm anxious to see uh, her make her return and hammer on. But again, it's it's also going to depend on how she's treated when she returns. You know, where she she was the champion. How often do we get to watch her work? She would come out for like a match. She maybe cut like a little promo, maybe. And then she started tag teaming. It's okay. You've got your you've got your uh, your top in in theory your top female single star, um, and you keep putting her in tag team situations. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, and, really, yeah. it's you know, it really it should be her facing adversity 
you know, solo um, and overcoming it and showing people like, hey, there's nobody too big. I will be anybody. I'll take on all comers. And then, you know, it's I, I like Tony Storm, but I'm like, why? It doesn't make any sense. No, um, yeah. Like, and uh, another point is like, you know, with uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of Jade Cargill that often either. And it's like, right? you know, you want to create define a women's division and you know you have all these uh star making you know star powerhouses there that you can create into your own and you know you have to get that give them the proper television time and give them the proper like attention where you can't make them feel like a week to week like oh here's the women's match or you know you have to give them segments and moments like ruby soho's there (laughs) like you don't see her (laughs) Hey, so uh, so Nesha's saying she's sick of Jade. John John likes Jade. Uh, Nesha's saying let Jade lose already. Here's the thing, Nesha, is you saying that and feeling that way is exactly why she shouldn't lose. And by that, I mean you want her to get become a, a super, super hot heel. And by the way, she already is. But the more she hangs on to that title and just keeps clowning other people that she comes up against, like I say, like build up a star to come up against her. Uh, let's just say Britt Baker. You, you say, okay, Britt Baker all of a sudden wants a hold of her title. Um, and Britt is just beating the shit out of people on the way to her and just have her squash Britt have her just beat her ass because that is going to build resentment in fans. And it's, it's, I, I think that that kind of heat really, really works to the point that, you know, by the time she finally does get beat where we as fans are going to be worked up to such a fucking fever pitch, dying for her to lose that when it happens, I mean, the, the roof is going to get ripped off the arena. So yeah, in my, in my opinion, I think that she needs to keep that belt on her for another year longer. Um, and just have her continue to like kind of kick that can down the road and get on people's nerves with how fucking good she is. Yeah, I agree. Like, and I think, you know, when I saw her on Rampage and she just cut like a little promo, like it was just not, not a lot, but it was great. Like, I'm like, I'm invested in Jade. I'm invested in what she does. And, but the thing is, Athena comes in and attacks her. We don't hear from Athena at all. We don't hear from her at all. She comes in and attack, like, it's it's another time. Why do we why do we like her or care about yeah. her? Yeah, it's you know she was Ember Moon in NXT and yep. she was I, great. Hey, hey, I like Ember Moon. Why do yeah. I like it, uh, uh, Athena? Yeah, it's I get it. I get you have a lot of talent, and I get, but you know, it's not it's problem. not good enough to say well she's she's Ember Moon but with a different name. It's not good enough. No. You have to give her a story. You have to build her. You have to to get her over with this audience. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's uh sucks it's, a, it's, it's it's frustrating it is it is like uh dom we gotta wrap we gotta wrap this fucking thing up there bud <laughs> okay uh let me see what i want kenny omega just coming back what do you think about all that mark and how would you um he's like baby like the bucks are back in baby face kind of positions he's more in a baby face position don Callis is with him still who's just a heel so I, what do you think of all this and how would you utilize kenny omega back in the mix more of what i was saying earlier where it's uh, like on the surface, I'm psyched that he's back. I like him, like his work. Mm-hmm. Like I liked, I thought that his heel work, as you know, was, was just right. something else. It was thought it was, thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Where he's, uh, I, I can't remember the phrase that I used, but essentially just like obnoxiously good. Where it's like he's just got like so so good. It's like effort, effortless for him, and yeah. it's just it, it makes it really annoying when he's like beating people. Um. So he had that kind of a vibe to him. Um. But yeah. So how does it make sense? Um, to bring him back, and all of a sudden, hey, Kenny's back, so the Bucks are baby faces. And yeah, Don Callis is still a heel, but we hang out with him. And it's like, dude, focus in. Let's focus in on this. Uh, let's stick with what was working. When Kenny left, uh, AEW, in my opinion, was really starting to heat up um, because, in part, because of the incredible, like, it seems like he's always high on Coke type vibe that yeah, he gave yeah. off. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's let's stick with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. It's um, a, yes. Look, people, and I've said this before: when somebody returns, you usually want to position them as a baby face because people are excited to see them. And the same is true for Kenny. I'm sure where people see him and they're like, "Hey, I know I didn't like him before, but hey, I'm glad he's back." Um, you can squash that right away, though. You know, by yeah. have him come out and and get some heat on somebody who the crowd really loves. Well, did you see any of the promo he cut off the air with uh, Will Ospreay and stuff? No. 
it was they went back and forth after you know after dynamite in the match and stuff like that and uh it was good stuff it was good stuff and like they blur the lines because like they've been at each other you know online and things like that you know where it's setting Great. things up but uh, Great, but uh, look, I could have seen that, and I don't know that they were going at each other online. Yeah, you just I don't, don't. I don't. I don't know that this is a dream match in like Japan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is. I know. Like I, I know enough to know that it is. But do I think that any casual wrestling fan is like, oh shit, yeah, they've had an issue. No. You know, uh, these are the two two train ships passing in the night sort of a situation with these guys. Uh, no, people don't know that, and so you've got to give me a reason to care. Mm-hmm. You've got to give the casual fan a reason to care. Did uh now did Dax and did you get to see Dax and Jay Lethal? Yes. What'd you think of that? Uh, those are two of your guys right there. Love them both. Excellent workers. Both excellent workers. Um, and an excellent match. Mm-hmm. That was pretty exciting. And now they're facing one of our other tag teams from TNA days, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. How awesome is that? That's gonna be. Yeah, cool. I'll tell you what. I saw Nesha bring it up earlier, and yeah, that's that's badass. Um, uh, I'm I'm psyched. Look, you know, it's uh, I think that what what FTR is doing is something really special and that's bringing uh tag team wrestling back to the forefront. You can't give them all the credit. I think that the young bucks do deserve a lot of oh, credit yeah. as well, certainly, but like FTR is just taking it to a whole other level. They really are, man. They really are. I mean, like it just boils down to like, Hey, we want to see AEW do great. We love doing the show and we love talking about it. We get in it. Like I get excited talking about this stuff and like, there's a lot to talk about now. But it's just stuff that, you know, I mean, and look, you know, we're kind of like going back and forth and flip flopping and saying like, hey, I love AEW. But uh, like, you know, it it would be different if we came on here and trashed AEW every time we do a podcast. We don't normally we're like we love the we love the show. We we love what they have to offer. Love all the talent that they pulled in. Um, So like there's a lot, a lot to love about AEW right now. Uh, We're just saying like, hey, this this last episode kind of left us wanting a little bit. It did. It did. And like the, and to look forward to it where you have like uh, a week to get ready for all out and you still don't have a title match official yet. It's like, all right, what's happening here? And um, what's, why is all this drama going on? And what's, what's, where is this all connecting where like things just, and uh, you get it. Injuries happen, all that stuff happens, but you know, you want your ducks lined up, you know? (laughs) Well, well said by Stephen Chambers here, getting a Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express type vibe from those two tag teams. Oh yeah, teams. oh yeah, or like, mm-hmm. or like old school Arn and Tully versus Rock and Roll and Jim Crockett promotions. Hell yes. Oh, I'm I'm gay. I love it. Marcus knows Alex Shelley was my guy in TNA, so I'm pumped for that. That'll be great. It's gonna be badass, dude. Mm-hmm. It is, Mark. So yes, you work for Ad Free Shows. Top Guy Weekend's coming up uh, here in Chicago or in Schaumburg. Uh, what, uh, what do we got have to expect and what do you want to plug here? I mean, there's a lot of surprises on the way, but you know, some of the things that I can tell you about Dom is that, well, first of all, if you're unfamiliar, it's, you know, of course, adfreeshows.com. It's all of, uh, Conrad Thompson's, uh, podcasts all in one place. And then, you know, a lot of them with our, uh, sister network, I guess you'd call it podcast heat, um, get them early and ad free, but there's different levels of membership where you can kind of be like a lower tier, which is nine 99 a month, or you can work your way all the way up to 99, nine, uh, at $99 per month. And I know it sounds like a lot of money, but when you kind of start to hear all the stuff that you get, you're like, ah, as a, as a huge wrestling fan, that sounds amazing. And the, the biggest perk, the thing that these, these top tier people look forward to the very, very most all year long, every year is top guy weekend. And that's coming up here a week from right now. Dominic will be doing it um, where it's, we all meet up in Chicago and it's awesome stage shows. It's a very close, small, intimate atmosphere. We're in kind of like a ballroom in a hotel um and stage shows this year we're also partnering with wrestling showcase so there's there's going to be a wrestling live uh, wrestling live live pro wrestling um so there's there's a lot a lot of really cool stuff going on there's huge surprises you know last year sting showed up um the entire aew roster almost uh i would say over 50 percent of the aew roster showed up and did karaoke with these top guys where it's just like this incredible all access kind of a pass for these like dedicated pro wrestling fans um and man it's if if you are a huge fan and you say like hey i've got an extra you know i've got that kind of money to spend every single month do yourself a favor 
because let me tell you, these top guys, uh, you'd think that a lot of people would spend that money and then come back and say like, oh man, you know, I could have used that money on this or that. Nope. None of these guys regret it one single bit because you get so much for a relatively small amount of money every single month. So if you can do it, please, please do it because you will not regret it. And it is the ultimate, ultimate experience for pro wrestling fans. Take it from me, a guy who's been a huge pro wrestling fan for years. And now I get to work in this setting. I'm like, man, what an incredible experience we're giving to these fans. It's cool stuff, man. It's uh, and like, yeah, it's uh, to that point, like Schaumburg, uh, the, the, the hotel has like a, a bar. And like, I remember just being out there with, you know, the top guys and, and you know, the who else would pop in it was pretty neat it was pretty damn neat to, to yeah i mean like people people just kind of like randomly show up and hang out and have you can have drinks with pro wrestling legends and hang out and it's what's really cool is that you know these top guys they get so much access to people like arn anderson eric bischoff uh jeff jarrett that they start to form personal relationships with them and become friends with them you know where like uh you know we've got a few members that have become very close friends with with some of these uh i think have personal phone numbers and stuff like that where it's like they're buddies um so yeah i mean if if that's always been something that you wanted uh do not deprive yourself make it happen gang and it's a cool communal aspect too where like a lot of these top guys like get together and like you know and then you see like guys like uh how do you say his name, Marcus? Is it Devonius? Devonius? Uh, uh, Denovius Mac. Denovius. Yeah. yeah, like he's a guy that's like, you know, helped out and done a lot of stuff, and he's a he's a top guy. And there's there's a lot of guys that like kind of, you know, associate. They, be, like, they become buddies and hang yeah. out outside of these events. Where like I've heard about them flying to each other's cities just to hang out and like watch a pay per view together. You know, so it's like we're we're really kind of forming a community here. It's really something special and. You know, we love you guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Started, we've, yeah. We formed our own little community here with with all you guys. So, you know, if you if you want to continue this kind of community vibe, please consider joining adfreeshows.com. Um, and I, I will want give you a 100% guarantee you will not regret it. Hey, speaking of adfree shows, Marcus. Yes. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I have a show on adfree shows. I, I heard about this, Dom. Did you hear about this? I did. I, I think I had to edit some video for it. Yes, we uh, go in depth. Me and Tom DeShane's, we talk. Uh, we have a topic each week. And uh, the first episode was the MAGA powers colliding, exploding. And uh, he goes into, he's a Harvard scholar. And he, uh, Shakespeare, like, was his specialty. And we break, de- he breaks he's down. An, he's an award-winning author. He award-winning creates video, author. or he creates board games. Really yeah. a brilliant guy. Yes, and like you'll see it too if you uh, tune in. Uh, he's he breaks the uh, Marcus. I told I might have I don't know if I told you this, but like I told Tom, like I was like I feel an extra kinship now with Macho Man Randy Savage after hearing like the whole Mega Power storyline because he broke it down that much that I was like, man, I'm so invested in who Randy Savage was, what he did for that whole storyline, and everything like that. It, it really enhances cool. characters that you're already passionate about. Yeah, you know, where uh-huh. you start to uh, you start to kind of get like the the inside track on like what the character's mindset might have been. So like we got to see kind of all the overt emotions on screen um, of Randy Savage during this. But now you kind of this is kind of like a deep dive, kind of examining like the the inner workings of his mind whenever it's coming to these storylines. So it's yes. really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. And uh, episode two will be coming up here pretty very quickly. Uh, it's already in the can, and uh, it's going to be about the NWO, Mar- what Marcus and I talked about here earlier. And he goes, it's awesome. It's, I tell you what, you'll look at Sting in a completely different way. It's awesome. awesome. I'm anxious. I'm anxious to hear it. Yes. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, I'm also over at Wrestling Inc. That's where I do my daily coverage at. So if you want some news, go there. But also, hey, WrestleZone.com, still we got kicking. We got Colin Tessie over there. We got Bill Pritchard hammering out. Robert DeFelice, that mercenary, he's still over there. And there's a lot of good stuff happening over at WrestleZone.com. Uh, Colin does an excellent job at covering all the NWA stuff, and that's leading up with NWA 74 here, you know, uh, with Trevor Murdoch and Tyrus going at it. But, like, Colin Tessier did, did several interviews with a lot of talents that you should be checking out. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of good stuff cooking over at WrestleZone.com. And, um, yeah, just uh, that, that's about it, Mark. It's been a good show. It's what a way to get back into the mix of things. Now, next week we'll be taking another break, but we'll be we'll be we're, we're going to get back on track here. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, probably not, but we'll see you guys. Uh... 
<laughs> we'll, see you, you guys. we'll see you guys whenever we fucking can, you know? <laughs> might be might be a couple months. I don't know. Couple months. Marcus, I mean you it was about a month now, so let's tack on an extra one. Why not? <laughs> no, we'll I mean we'll do our best. Um, but you know, hey, feel free to reach out to us online if you miss us. Yeah, hit us up on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you some insight that way too. Colin is awesome, Metcha. All right, guys. Hey, we will see you next time here on AEW 2 2. Say it, Marcus. Say it. Two. Dynamite dudes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's, you almost said on a rampage. Yeah, we got rid of that. No more rampage. <laughs> dynamite dudes. Hey, see you guys. <laughs>